The March to Zion broadcast is a weekly radio production of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. The broadcast is under the direction of Elder Tim McCool, pastor. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Stay tuned for a message of God's sovereign grace. Good morning. This is Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March to Zion broadcast. I invite you to come and worship with us at Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. We meet each Sunday morning at 1030 and the second and fourth Wednesday nights at six o'clock. Our website is BethlehemPBC.org. I'm also pleased to announce the March Design broadcast is now affiliated with Grace Alone Radio Network, an internet radio ministry that broadcasts around the clock and around the world. You can download the app on an iPhone or Android by going to the website. That's GraceAloneRadio.net. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at my email address. It's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-O-L-L-A-W.com. Following this song, we will bring to you a message from the Word of God. take just a moment and thank you for joining us for the program this morning and the other times that you join us. We are so happy to be able to share a glorious and positive, uplifting message in this dark and troubled time that we live in. And maybe you've been thinking like I have lately, but I've been thinking along this line, Lord, I need help. And that's my subject this morning, help. You know, since the beginning of the creation, mankind has needed help. Listen, even before there was sin to deal with, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, before 
sin occurred and before the fall of man, the Lord said of Adam prior to Adam's deadly sin that cast us into this dark abyss of separation from God. God said in Genesis 2 and 18, before sin, I will make him, Adam, and help meet or appropriate for him. Isn't that interesting? That even before there was sin, God looked upon man, Adam, and saw that he needed help. And that's the first book of the Bible. All the way through the Bible, especially in the Psalms, down to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, we find that man is needing help. In Revelation 12, it speaks of the church of God and how it was helped by God. So from beginning to end, before there was even sin in the world, man has needed help. We need help. Now, specifically, I want to focus in on Psalms 60 as we read, beginning in verse 1. If you want to be turning there, the word help is found there in Psalm 60. And as you're looking to Psalm 60, I want to give the definition of the word help. It comes from a root word that means to surround or protect. Now, let's read in Psalm 60 and verse 1. O God, thou hast cast us off. Thou hast scattered us. Thou hast been displeased. O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble. Thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it shaketh. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Let me pause and just say, can we relate to this psalm? I will tell you that it was very difficult to figure out which psalm to look at in this message this morning because the word help occurs so many times in the psalms. Let's continue. And see how we can identify with this psalm of old that was written so long ago, and yet it's so relevant to our situation and our feeling today. Verse 4, Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Selah, that thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand, and hear me. God hath spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and meet out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Philistia, triumph thou because of me. And I know you're saying, well, where does help come in? Well, the whole tone of the psalm is, Lord, help me. But look at this in verse 9. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O God, which has cast us off? And thou, O God, which didst not go out with our armies, give us help from trouble. For vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly. For he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Child of grace, do you feel like you need help? I tell you, this is something that's just been an undercurrent in my thoughts and meditation for some time now. Lord, I need help. I need help to know what decisions to make. I need help to navigate this strange and bizarre time that we're living in. I need help to minister to God's children. I need help personally just to know how to process everything that's going on. Help means to surround or protect. What if you could just call upon the Lord and immediately in physical presence and you saw him. He was there and he surrounded and he protected you. Well, child of grace... You may not see him, but he has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. 
And we may not feel him at times because of our feelings are deceiving us, but I can assure you on the authority of the word of God, he never sleeps, he never slumbers, he's never going to cast us off. And he surrounds us and protects us. Listen, when I was a little bratty kid, I was on the playground playing at one of the little functions that we had in our community, and there was this little girl who was a year older than me, and I just did not like her back then. I didn't like the way that she treated me. And so I was out there on the playground, and a bunch of us kids were playing, and I took up a little rock and just threw it at her and hit her. And I did it again, and she didn't like it. She said, quit, and I just kept doing it because I was a bratty little kid. I was probably 17 or 18. No, I'm just kidding. I was probably six or seven years old. And so I kept throwing these rocks at her, and she went and told her big brother, who was about four, five years older than her. He was probably 13 or 14. And so here comes her big brother, and he was the kind of guy that would box your ears, if you know what I mean. And I had no idea what was coming. I'd never been in a fight before. I had no idea that he was going to just completely knock me down. I I had no idea that he was capable of that. (laughs) And so as he was about to wipe me out there for hurting his sister, which rightly so, he should have been taken up for her. I was a bratty little kid for doing that. Well, here comes my brother, who was about four years older than me, but smaller than the girl's brother who was about to punch me in the nose. And my brother stood in between me and that bigger brother. And he stood there as that girl's brother threatened to hit me to protect his sister. And my brother had no idea if I'd done right or wrong. And he took a lick or two. He took a hit from that brother who was trying to protect his sister. He would not let that big brother of that sister come and hurt me. And I wish I could tell you that I was back there behind my brother just repenting and praying and thanking the Lord that I had an intercessor to protect me and keep me from a bloody nose or bloody whatever and also black eyes. You know what I was doing? I was picking up pebbles off the ground, throwing them over the top of my brother and her brother still trying to hit her. (laughs) That's crazy, isn't it? So my own dear brother came to help me even though I was as guilty as sin. I deserved to be punched by that guy. Now, I certainly wouldn't want to be pummeled to a pulp, but I deserved to take a lick. And and my brother stood in between me, even though I was guilty and still exhibiting my guiltiness, he took that for me when, without question, I deserved to be punished for what I was doing. I tell you, that's a beautiful picture in my mind of what God has done for us. Ultimately, on the cross... He took everything that we deserve to be punished with for our sins. And in the midst of that, we weren't there. And if we had been there, you know, some people say, well, if I'd have been there, I wouldn't have acted like that. Yes, you would have. And you'll tell another lie if you say you wouldn't have acted that way. I would have been the Roman centurion or I would have been one of those Pharisees. Who knows who I would have been or one of those fleeing apostles. You see, everybody forsook him. And we wouldn't have done any better if we had been there. So you see, Christ stood between the penalty, what we deserved. He took the penalty. He paid the price. And I've thought back many times on the way that my own dear brother came to my aid when I deserved to be punished, and he brought help to me when I didn't even want it. And I was still trying to hit the little girl with a rock whenever he was making intercession for me. Does that not remind us of Romans where he speaks of, us being enemies to him, and yet he saved us anyway. He showed mercy to us anyway. 
Well, I'll tell you, child of grace, our elder brother has brought that kind of help to us. He has stood between the penalty that we deserve justly to be thrown into the lake of fire and pay for our sins for eternity. Our elder brother has stood in between and made intercession for us when we did not, could not, and never would deserve it. See, that's mercy and that's grace. I need that kind of help eternally, but child of grace, I need help today. How about you? I need help. I am very close to children of God all throughout our area, and many of them are just all over the spectrum. Some of the children of God that I associate with and I love dearly see a deep, dark conspiracy, whether it has to do with where the virus came from or is it really that bad. And then there are others on the other end of the spectrum that I love dearly who are scared out of their minds. As a pastor, it kind of reminds me of a person who's trying to herd and direct blind cats. You know what I mean? First of all, have you ever seen a herd of cats? You hear people make that comment. Well, it's like herding cats, but have you really ever seen a herd of cats? I've been around a herd of cows. I've seen a herd of sheep. I've seen a herd of hogs. I've seen different types of herd, but I've never seen a herd of cats. You see how silly that statement is. And on top of it, could you imagine trying to direct a herd of blind cats? We've never even heard of a herd of cats. I have never heard of that. They don't tend to herd together. You see, the point is, It's just chaotic, and you don't know what to do, whether you're coming or whether you're going. We need help. And regardless of where a person is on, should you be vaccinated? Should you not be vaccinated? Should you wear a mask? Should you not wear a mask? Is this a conspiracy, or is it not a conspiracy? I follow this expert. I follow that expert. There is one thing for sure, child of grace. We, as children of God, are divided as a people. And listen, I'm not talking about citizens of America. I'm talking about citizens of God's kingdom, God's people, which is much more important than citizens of the United States of America. You see, God intended for his children to unite. He intended for them to experience the unity of the spirit. And child of God, we can have that in a day and time when people are all over the spectrum. We can have unity in the spirit of God. And the unity of God's children is not based on whether they are vaccinated or not, or whether they wear masks or not, or whether they believe in conspiracy theories or not, or whether they're for this particular expert or that particular expert. You know, we could carry this even further. If you're living in the southeastern United States, and specifically if you live in Alabama, God does not ever expect us to unite and all be Alabama or Auburn football fans. That's impossible. The world will end with people being Alabama or Auburn football fans if the Lord tarries and this nation still stays here. (laughs) You know as well as I do, if you know anything about Southeastern Conference football, that is impossible. God does not base our unity on whether or not we are an Alabama or an Auburn fan. That is impossible. But we are to be united in Christ. Think about this. We are to be united in rejoicing in his resurrection. There are many world religions that are well known, but there's only one world religion in which you cannot find the grave of its founder. Check me out on that. Go searching for the grave of Jesus. You cannot find it. There is no grave of Jesus. That's why he had a borrowed tomb. So we can be united in Christ in his resurrection. We can be united in his holiness. We can be united in his reigning over us as king of kings and lord of lords. I tell you, child of grace, if Satan has done anything, if he has accomplished anything through the last couple years, he has accomplished dividing God's children. Oh, child of grace, is there any way back? Psalm 60 says that it is. Psalm 60 in verse 1 says, Thou hast cast us off, thou hast scattered us. 
You see that? Psalm 60 says, Oh, turn thyself to us again. Isn't that our prayer? Lord, help us. Turn thyself to us again. It also says, Thou hast showed thy people hard things. We've seen some hard things over the last year and a half, two years, have we not? He says, Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Have you been astonished? I tell you, back in March, February, March, whenever this thing was building, back in 2020, I was just astonished. I was thinking, really? Can it be this bad? Can it really be that devastating? Are we really going to have to stop meeting in person for a little while? That was astonishing, especially to someone like me who thrives on personal one-on-one interaction and fellowship with God's people. I was astonished. I was drinking the wine of astonishment, were you? I was saying, Lord, help me. I sure feel that way now. The psalmist goes on to say in verse 11, as we read, Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Listen, I put an article in three local papers been doing that for 10 plus years. And recently I put an article in there and I just offhandedly mentioned this. It was just a side note of the article. I was trying to encourage God's people to look to the Lord. And I said this, if you had lived through the black death epidemic, pandemic of the dark ages, hundreds of years ago, if you had lived through that and seen how the death toll, I believe I'm right on this, it was A half or three-fourths of Europe died? That is unbelievable, isn't it? And if you had lived through that and lived to see what's going on today, as bad as it is and as terrible as the things are that are going on, it's just not as bad as the Black Death. And plus, the survival rate is not even comparable when you think about the Black Death. I said if you lived through the Black Death and saw what was going on today with the coronavirus and the impact that it's having, you probably would have laughed or chuckled a little bit. And I did not mean that in a smart aleck way or a condescending way and not in any way to belittle the effect that the coronavirus, the the pandemic is having on us today. I did not do that to belittle it at all. I just wanted to make the point that there have been worse things, much, much worse things. And I got an email from a reader, and it was not hate mail or anything like that. But in the email, the reader asked me why I was diminishing what was going on and also why I was not using my platform or the article, the outlet of the article, in order to encourage people to go and get vaccinated as if that was the whole purpose of my platform. And of course, I responded in a loving way and most importantly said that the purpose of my platform, the purpose of the ministry that God has called me to is not in order to make sure that people get vaccinated. It's not in order to hold an opinion and push that upon God's people. The purpose that God has called me in the ministry for is to preach the gospel and to unite the children of God in Christ, in his resurrection, in his holiness, in the kingdom of God, in him reigning over us and seeking the kingdom of God first, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, Satan has accomplished division. Even people that read that little simple three-quarters of a page article, some of them are thinking, well, I need to be using that platform to promote this or that. I am here to promote the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I'm not here to promote an opinion or a position, no matter how effective or good it may be, or no matter which expert you may be ascribing to. You see, the position that I have is to encourage God's children to unite in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to unite in the truth of Christ. Now, listen to me very carefully. If your position on any of the issues that we have described or any of the issues that are floating around, it might be a political issue. By the way, all of this pandemic 
and coronavirus and so forth has been certainly politicized and used to the advantage of politics. We should highly question that for sure. So whether we're talking about politics or whether we're talking about mask wearing or vaccinations or conspiracy theories or experts or whether or not you're an Alabama or an Auburn football fan. And I don't use that and associate that in with those other subjects to diminish the importance of those. I'm just trying to make the point that God's not expecting us to unite on those things. And child of grace, listen carefully. Listen very carefully. If your position on any of the issues floating around today prevents you from rejoicing with other children of God in the victory of Christ, then it is clear that the position that you hold is more important than the influence of our Lord. Oh, please forgive me if that stings a little bit. But maybe it's time that we understand that the positions that we hold and the opinions that we have cannot be more important than the unity that we can experience in the Spirit of God in the resurrection of our Lord. Psalm 60 and 12 says this. Notice now, don't miss this in verse 11, because the psalmist is crying out for help. Help from trouble. Help from confusion. Help from being scattered. Help from trembling. Help from all of these things that are affecting us and keeping us from serving God. He says, turn again to us, Lord. We need help. Now, don't miss this, because it is clear that if we permit the Lord to aid us, surround us, preserve us, protect us, and we know that he is from an eternal standpoint, and we know that he is still there for us no matter what, but is our perspective allowing us, is our opinion, is our position allowing us to see that? So he says that through God, through God's help, verse 12, we shall do valiantly. Isn't that something? It is clear that And the Lord aiding us, surrounding us, preserving us, protecting us, us looking to him and him turning to us, and we focus and concentrate on the things of God, that we are truly helped, aided, protected by the Lord. And how many valiant things are we missing out on doing because we are bogged down with some position? And again, let me be very clear. If our position on any of these issues floating around today prevents us from rejoicing with other children of God, and the victory of Christ, and the unity of the Spirit, then it is clear that that position is more important to us than God's influence. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Listen, child of grace, I feel a great measure of peace and trust the Lord will continue to lead us. I'm recommending that we be cautious and not foolish, preserve our health, focus on staying well, whatever that means to each individual person. But overall, we must not forsake serving the Lord and seeking the unity of the Spirit of God. Let me give you a couple examples as we bring our thoughts to a close here this morning. Look to Matthew, the 15th chapter. Here we find the Syrophoenician woman coming to the Lord. In verse 22, a woman came out of the coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord. She's asking for help. You see? She says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now watch this. But he answered her not. Okay, there's strike one for the Syrophoenician woman. She gets no help. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. She kept crying, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. He said and answered, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Strike two. Then she came and worshipped him, verse 25, saying, Lord, help me. And then he answered, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Strike three. As we say in baseball, she's out. No, thank God there's no strike three with the Lord. She said, truth, Lord, 
I am a dog. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, The fourth time she came, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. You see, she was seeking help, and she didn't stop seeking help. She didn't give up on the Lord. And this is a very interesting example here where the Lord just kind of ignored her, it seems like. That would really bother me if the Lord was ignoring me. And here we see she just kept coming because she knew she was unworthy. Child of grace, we're unworthy of the help of God. Is that not what the psalmist said? We know that we're not worthy. Look in Mark, the ninth chapter, and we have this man with a son who was grievously vexed with the devil. This son was even suicidal. He would cast himself into the fire, cast himself into the water, and praise God for this good father who was always there, pulling him out of the fire, pulling him out of the water. We don't know exactly what was going on with this young man, but whatever demon he had within him, it was causing him to make him harm himself. And in Mark, the ninth chapter, the father is explaining this to Jesus as Jesus is talking to him. Of course, Jesus already in his omniscience knows it, but he hears him talking. He says, oft times it casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus doesn't immediately say, okay, I'll help. No, Jesus says, if you believe, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Help is possible for you, father of this vexed child. Help is possible for you. If you believe, help is possible. (laughs) And straightway, the father of the child cried out, as we should be crying out, as we should be begging God, and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Isn't that beautiful? You see, the Lord... He is there to help us. Now, listen, I'm not saying, well, just forget about what any experts say. Forget about whether or not you should be vaccinated or not. Forget about whether or not you should wear a mask or not. Forget about whether or not you should do this or that. I'm not saying forget about those things. I'm just saying that vain is the help of man. We've got children of God on all ends of the spectrum, and they're confused and they're hurting, and we just need to look to the Lord for additional help. And not just additional help. I will supplement the Lord, and there's our help. He needs to be the primary help. He's the great physician. Do you understand that the Lord has the power right now to snap his fingers and all coronavirus is completely eradicated? You say, oh, Brother Tim, it's just so unfair that he doesn't do that. (laughs) Listen. We can't take a position like that and say, well, the Lord's just being unfair. It was unfair that the Son of God died and paid for our sins. He was perfect. That's unfair. You see, you can't question the mind of God, but you can come to the Lord who in his omniscience and his power and his sovereignty has all power. Say, Lord, help us. Instead of saying, well, Lord, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Like many of the naysayers did. And and by the way, that's not belief. That's unbelief. We come to the Lord and we say, Lord, we know you've got all power. Lord, we know you can see us through anything. Lord, as the psalmist said, help us in our trouble. For vain, useless is the help of man. Through God, we shall do valiantly. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what God can do for us when we cry out to him for help? Psalm 121. It was so difficult to figure out which psalms to look at because there's so many psalms that are emotional and have to do with seeking the help of God. He says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Child of grace, have you lifted up your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help? I tell you, we need to be looking up to the Lord. He says, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. By the way, God made heaven and earth. So don't think there's anything that escapes the mind of God, comes out from under the jurisdiction of God, and all of our help lies within God. He is our keeper, you see. Hebrews 4 and 16 tells us that we need to come to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. 
Oh, I pray that God's children would unite in the Spirit of God, not uniting on opinions that can never be reconciled among them, but unite in the Spirit of God. As the psalmist said in Psalm 60, Thou hast scattered us, O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Have you seen some hard things? Lost some friends? Lost some family? We've seen the effect of this pandemic, and we've drunk the wine of astonishment. I sure feel that way. But Lord, give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Uniting in the truth of Christ, whatever our position may be, not letting our position or our opinion be that which dominates the landscape, but let the Lord who is our help, from whence whom our help comes, look to the hills and see that the Spirit of God is still there. The presence of God is still there. Oh, child of grace, let us preserve our health and focus on staying well. But whatever befalls us, if we get sick, if we're well, whatever our condition may be, the Lord is still there and he is still our help. Overall, we must not forsake serving the Lord wherever we fall on the spectrum. And child of grace, we can unite as children of God in the truth of our salvation and the success of our Savior. May we look to the Lord from whence our help cometh. May the Lord richly bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the March to Zion broadcast. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write to the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church is located 7 miles east of Gordo and 10 miles west of Northport, just off Highway 82 on the Boyd Road near Ecola. Services are each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and the second and fourth Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Please join us next week for another message of God's sovereign grace. Love you.